So hello everybody, my name is Brian Wenger. Welcome to the Small Bees Kaizen podcast. This is episode 22. So on this podcast, as you know, we like to talk about business improvement ideas and um, just use this as an inspiration for any business person out there to use continuous improvement, lean and Kaizen as a central part of your business strategy. So today I have the great pleasure of introducing Bruce Hamilton, who is the president of the GBMP, which is a nonprofit provider based um, in the greater Boston area. So GBMP actually stands for Greater Boston Manufacturing Partnership. So Bruce, before I even carry on with the introduction, I just want to say welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Brian. Nice to be here. Excellent. So let me just carry on from 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 there. So that was just the, the, the start. In addition to being the president of the GBMP, Bruce is also an approved lean practitioner in all respects. I mean, just reading through his bio, he really has a very well balanced combination of both production and administration type of uh, business roles. So it's a great pleasure to to have him on our show and uh, really look forward to kind of picking his brains to to understand a little bit more how he manages to bring so many things together. So the kind of many things I'm talking about is Bruce is also an author of uh, several books and one of the books I want to just talk with with him about it in this podcast. Uh, he also has his own blog. I will again provide details about that blog. And one uh, I found very interesting, um, the Toast Kaizen video, we'll get into that. Last, by no means the least, Bruce is also the recipient of a Shingo Research Award. And those of you may not know what Shingo is all about, my little research I've done here is it's it's a prize that is based around a, a Japanese industrial engineer, uh, Shigeo Shingo, which honors distinguished practitioners of subjects such as Bruce. So Bruce, first and foremost, man, do you want to tell us a little bit about the Bruce Hamilton story so far? Then how did you end up in this role where lean is a big part of your life? Uh-huh. Well, you know, I've been in manufacturing uh, for my entire life, the last 10 years. Uh, you know, I've switched into a consulting role and I'm managing this small not-for-profit in the Boston, uh, Massachusetts area. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, I spent 28 years in uh, manufacturing and seven of those, I actually started out in marketing. Uh, my father had spent a career in manufacturing and he was a uh, long-suffering uh, type of individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could tell he wasn't enjoying his job, however. So when I got into business, I pretty much was determined that I would never get into manufacturing and I started in marketing. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, so funny how these things happen. Marketing uh, led me into uh, IT. Uh, we're going back many years ago mm-hmm. now when IT was hardly available to smaller organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, information flow uh, really began became an interest to me. And that eventually led me onto the shop floor. And it turns out that I really love the shop floor. When I use the term uh, shop floor, I'm really talking about any spot where the work is done. So it could yeah. be an operating room or it could be a loading dock. Mm-hmm. And uh, my interest in TPS just arrived out of need. Uh, when I found myself on the shop floor, you know, there was a world of pain. Things were not working. And in particular, some of the IT solutions that I had personally implemented Mm-hmm. You know, I <laughs> were kind of exposed as not especially effective. So uh, I began to study. I did 
fortunately for me, I think I didn't have a manufacturing background. I had to rely heavily on the people that were around me, mm-hmm. people on the shop floor, and that was truly valuable because I think if I'd grown up in manufacturing, I probably would have been kind of uh, erroneously assuming that I already knew what to do. Sure. And uh, that study led me to books by Shigeo Shingo and some other authors, and that then we began experimenting. And uh, the story goes on from there. And it's all about you know learn and do, learn and do. And you know part of my tacit learning was that uh, uh, people people want to do the right thing, and if you put them in an environment with the right kind of thinking, there's just no end to how creative and productive they can be. Mm. You mentioned people being valuable a couple of times, and this comes through straight away, Bruce, um, when I look at the title of the new book you've just written. Um, this book is entitled The E-Squared. Is that right? Is it E-Squared or E-2? How do you pronounce it? Is it E-Squared? Uh, it, you know, it was intended to be E-Squared, but everybody calls it E-2. It doesn't That's matter, right. especially. No problem. It's, it, you know, is to in, in, indicate, you know, the it's a it's an acronym for everybody every day, which is my philosophy, and it's actually the slogan for my organization. That's exactly where I wanted to lead to, Bruce, because I found that title really, really catchy. Because for me, like you as well, I realized the you know from doing similar roles, you know, um, both manufacturing and also service industry, I realized that a lot of what we want to do in these programs is is work through people. So. Everybody, every day. That that's that's a, a, a caption you say. Why that? What why 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 use that in the title of the book? What what are you trying to portray across, Bruce? Well, this you know this whole business of changing thinking relies heavily on uh, problem solving, and the kind of the the old model was a few problem solvers and a lot of doers, and that was not a working model, and it was very apparent to me right from the start. Uh, that if we wanted to solve problems, we had to have more problem solvers. And, you know, you don't have to really be too bright to figure out that the person who is doing the job all day long is much more likely to be able to identify what's working and what's not than somebody who visits, you know, periodically. Absolutely. So so if we look at the, the, the target uh, reader for, for this book, are you, are you targeting both I mean, people write on the shop floor, and I liked your definition of shop floor, by the way. That's where I, I, I put a spin to it to say that's where value is being added. Would that be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, who, who, who are you primarily targeting at? Is it, is it aimed at the uh, managing director of an organization or the guy right there at the forefront of the shop floor? Well, you know, when I say everybody, I mean everybody. Yeah. Um, and it's often there's a, you know, there's a lot more accessibility to the guy on the shop floor and the, the managing director uh, may not even be in the same country. So it's mm-hmm. problematical. But obviously, we need to have a much better understanding at the highest levels of the organization, even at boards of directors, mm-hmm. if these ideas are going to uh, sustain. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no question that people on the floor can see problems, uh, but they have limited authority to address many of the problems that they see. Mm-hmm. And uh, the persons in management have a special role, not necessarily to do the job of the person on the floor, but there's, and in our book, E-squared, we have, a, there's three parts to it. And one of them is uh, we just call uh, management. Yeah. And it's about management's responsibilities, specific tasks that management, only management can, can address mm. uh, that are, are very important to having a sustainable effort. 
So the book is really for everybody in the organization. Fantastic. That mention of the management responsibilities is, is, is one I also uh, put right at the forefront of, you know, if ever there is anything I call a prerequisite for any sustainable system, I'll put management right up front there. And I think you've just highlighted that. Leading on from that, Bruce, what else would you say is, in your experience, has been an absolute prerequisite for, for a business or an organization to have in place in order to have a sustainable continuous improvement system? Well, I mean, there's certainly, there's an approach, I think, and this is not uniquely GBMP's approach. I was fortunate to have some, I think, some pretty good teachers and a couple of folks from Toyota Supplier Support Center when I was back on the shop floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, also a few lessons from uh, Mr. Shingo himself, which was inspiring as well as informational, yeah. um, that you need to, you need to have an environment in which these ideas can be practiced. And this, you know, sort of, some folks refer to this as culture. It's not a term I use a lot. I mean, I understand what we're trying to talk about here, but management needs to, has a responsibility here to, to create uh, an environment in which employees are not afraid to take chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, in which we have people who we're unlocking that creativity by allowing them to even talk about problems. There are some organizations that, uh, you know, I'll work in where they dare not even bring up a problem lest they be, you know, associated with that problem. That definitely wouldn't be a favorable environment. Sure. So a lot of the, you know, the tools of lean or TPS, you know, they're, they're certainly important, but if you don't have an environment which you can practice them, mm-hmm. uh, you really don't get anything at all. Yeah, I go with that a long, long way. And and it's not something that is uh, by any means easy to, to achieve. And it's not a uh, destination as well. It's something that you always have to keep working at with this environment. Yeah, your depth of understanding increases over time. Sure. You know, I think that's fine. It's, we, we understand a little bit when we begin, and the more we practice, the more it seems to be rel- relevant to our own environment. But it's pretty normal for, and it, this is in basically in any venue. It doesn't matter where I would start. Uh, there is kind of an aura of objection of this doesn't apply to us. It really doesn't relate to our business. And that then there's an opening. We try something and it works. And some now, now it seems to be more, maybe there's a possibility we can do something here. And at some point, uh, hopefully not too long into this journey, there's a eureka. This stuff really works. Uh, mm-hmm. We definitely ought to be doing this a lot more. Mm-hmm. And of course, that, that's kind of where we're aiming to kind of get that continuous wheel spinning. And, and and you mentioned that point, that Eureka point, and it's um, always in 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 some of the experiences I've had, it's 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 not something that comes early on in the journey. Let's say, and and sometimes along this journey, you know, people tend to want to drop out, for lack of a better phrase, because they're not realizing the benefits coming through as such. And as you know, business today, especially in the tough economic situation that we operating it, you know, any investment that is made upfront, there's uh, an expectation of a return. At the end of the day, what would be your philosophies or your your way of thinking around how organizations should approach lean in terms of investment, and does it necessarily bring any returns at the end of the day? Yeah, so so you know it's hard to 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 generalize because uh, there are some organizations that uh, with the, if we try to understand what's keeping the uh, management awake at night, that's a good starting point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be that uh, they're running out of cash and that now that, you know that, that's a very clear signal and there's things that we need to do and we approach it from that need. Sure. 
if it's uh, we can't keep up with growing business and we just don't have the money and invest, can you help us? Then we work from that need. So understanding the need of the particular business is really important. And then starting on a process that uh, in an area that will address that. I'm a strong believer in starting in a smaller area and focusing resources uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, uh, one is that it creates a model that everybody can see. Uh, and the other, which is even more important, is that there just aren't resources to be tackling big, broad projects. People, people don't understand why you're doing this at first. And, and when things go wrong, you better have resources to, uh, to address the hiccups. And there will be hiccups. It's a learn-by-doing process. Mm-hmm. And so starting with a small, small victory and then building from that is, you know, the, the, most, the, the best way to, to approach improvement. Sure. You know, the, the, Mr. Shingo made a comment. He said this in several of his books, and it really stuck with me. He has an order for improvement, and it goes like this. Easier, better, faster, cheaper. And I found this to absolutely be the way to approach improvement with an organization. Don't start out by trying to find a way to do it cheaper. You're not going to get many souls to follow you. But if I can find something that's really a problem for you and I make your job easier, I've now created, I've begun to create that environment where you might want to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that never fails, never fails. Absolutely. So I like that a lot. Um, so is that almost the order in which you have to identify the opportunities? You first of all go for the easier ones to do, then the better. I mean, I'm taking better to be maybe, you know, better processes, better systems, faster, you know, efficiency related and cheaper, obviously cost driven. So would that be necessarily the order in which to go after the opportunities in a business? That, that's what I'm saying. And if you kind of reflect on this, it's usually the opposite order. <laughs> Yeah. Most businesses, Especially and I understand today. they're under these <laughs> stresses, mm-hmm. uh, and you know you have to deal with reality. If a company is absolutely uh, strapped for cash, then we need to do things to address that. You know, I, however, I'll point out that cash is probably the very first thing that you can do something about. I mean, most companies have far too much of their cash tied up in useless work and process, mm-hmm. and there are things that can be done for that. We don't want to be out head chopping right off the bat, and. Because, you know, there's, there's a big part of our method, and it's not ours. It's something we kind of copied from our teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, tacit learning, they refer to it as. It's, you know, I don't really care, give a care what Toyota or any other company did. I want to know that this is something which is worthwhile for me, and you're going to have to show me why this is worthwhile. And once I understand it, now I have cause and effect, and I'm willing to do this again and again. And I need to get that process you know, kick-started. Definitely. So starting out with easier is a very good way to start. Yeah, I, I go for that. I, I really, uh, I talk about uh, simplicity as one of my key requisites, if, if, if anything, to say whatever I'm trying to do, you know, the simpler it is, which I guess you could take easier to mean exactly the same thing. Just moving on um, a little bit to something else that you've been heavily involved with, and I just want to uh, play a little clip here. Um, don't know if you can hear it out uh, on over on that end, but I'll just play a clip into the intro of the Toast Kaizen. I'm picking this off YouTube, by the way. I don't know if you can hear it. Can you hear it? I can't hear it. That's okay, but I'm very familiar with it. Exactly. <laughs> so for the benefits of my listeners, this is the Toast Kaizen clip. So Bruce, you're also known as um, the Toast Guy. 
This I found to be absolutely uh, phenomenal in terms of what a, what a, what a concept to bring lean to life. So let me not steal the thunder from you. Take us through what is the toast Kaizen all about? Well, the, the intent, uh, uh, Brian, of toast, it, it actually goes back, uh, I guess, 14 years now uh, when I first made a version of this. And the intent was to demonstrate, uh, in this particular case, to my management staff. At the time, I was GM and uh, uh, I guess you would call that managing director. Yep. And uh, I was having a little bit of trouble getting buy-in from everybody on the management staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm abbreviating this story a little bit, no but problem. I was kind of encouraged by my teacher that I should get this involvement. And I, it was hard to get people out onto the floor so as uh, out of desperation, I suggested that we each pick a process where we didn't feel so vulnerable, but one that we were familiar with, and we would use some best practice from TPS mm-hmm. to record that, you know, focusing on direct observation, which is a key part of you know, the Toyota's philosophy mm-hmm. that you can't really begin to do anything if you haven't actually observed and understood, grasped the problem. And it was remarkable. Everybody on this staff use some best practice um, to, uh, it could have been standardized work, or they might have done a workplace organization around the toaster. Everybody had a lot of fun, but the main outcome of that was kind of this thinking of, you know, we never actually watched that process before. Mm -hmm. Never realized how bad it is. Could be a lot better than it is. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, well, that's what this is all about. Mm -hmm. So don't, make too many assumptions about what's happening on the floor, whether it be the floor of sales or the floor of finance or the floor of manufacturing, go see. Uh, That was the intent. Mm. So, you know, fast forwarding, um, I guess, you know, almost a little less than a decade when I got into consulting, we made a a later version with the same intent to demonstrate uh, two, two key points. One of them was that, uh, if you observe a process carefully, you see your, your intuition will lead you to understand what can be improved in that process, focusing on process improvement. You know, occasionally as a joke, we'd get somebody to tell us that we should get a faster toaster, which would be an operational improvement, but which mm-hmm. really wasn't necessary. You know, we could do a whole lot without spending money. Mm-hmm. And since everybody, well, almost everybody I've met has made a slice of toast, they all kind of had enough understanding didn't matter whether you were working in a bank or a hospital or a manufacturing company or an auto body shop, you understood that things were not organized as well as they could be. Mm-hmm. And the power of observation and creativity could create a better circumstance. And that's where Toast Kaizen came from. Brilliant. Brilliant. And how has that uh, shaped your life to date? Toast Kaizen. It's, it's pretty humorous, you know, because, <laughs> uh, it's in 18 languages now. Wow. And uh, for anybody who's seen it, um, you know, it's just this middle-aged guy trying to make a slice <laughs> of toast for his wife. Yeah. Um, it's hard to believe that it, it's taken on a life of its own and continues to, you know, the exposure continues to grow. Mm. I meet people in airports who stop me and, you know, it's fairly <laughs> narrow bandwidth because not everybody's into, yeah. into lead. But when... When I get out and around, it's and of course it's been it's very fortunate for my little organization too because that recognition has, you know, enabled us to get into places that maybe they would would turn up their nose at us uh, otherwise. So it's helpful from the 
a business standpoint. But I'm, you know, I'm really, I feel good about the fact that it's hit a, you know, it's hit a mark. Sure. People use it and they say, you know, we show that to everybody. And once we show it, they kind of relate it uh, to their own jobs. And even you'll hear people like out on a shop floor saying, you know, the toaster over there is not close enough to the refrigerator. And they're actually mm-hmm. referring to, you know, the CNC miller and the, <laughs> and the CNC lathe and that sort of thing. So it, it's great. I'm, I'm happy about it. No, it's, 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 for me, I think it also illustrates exactly your point about uh, making things easy. I think it, it really simplifies the whole concept of not, not only, uh, improvements, but, you know, all aspects of, of lean, really waste, um, optimizing processes in a simple, fun way. And that's how things, uh, stay embedded in people's minds. You know, the simpler it is. And if everybody relates to it, that there you go. So I found that really intriguing. Right, Bruce, if we just move on as, as well, I mentioned right at the beginning about you, you being the recipient of the uh, research award from, from Shingo. Do you want to tell us a little bit about um, how this came about and what this means to you? Well, it's a, it's a, you know, it's certainly an honor. Shingo Prize is, uh, is an organization that was, it's been around now for 24 years, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, Shigeo, Shigeo Shingo who was, uh, you know, wrote mostly about the Toyota production system, never was an employee of Toyota, but by all accounts was very, very uh, important in the development of Toyota's methods, um, had this prize named after him. And the prize each year recognizes, um, you know, on the one hand, businesses, organizations that have implemented uh, Toyota production system or some form of it. Yeah. And then at the same time has an academic uh, prize that represents uh, research and, and practical application. So there's a media category. And in 2004, the Toast Kaizen video was recognized, which was great. And uh, this year, uh, and incidentally, I'll just put in a plug for the conference. Why it not? is an international conference. And I know there'll be a contingent there from UK. Definitely. Um, and uh, this is in Cincinnati, down near Kentucky, near the Toyota plant in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe that's coming up uh, the third week in March. Uh, ShingoPrize.org is where you'd find this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to be there uh, along with uh, my uh, COO, Patricia Wardwell. We did, uh, I guess you'd call it a sequel, sequel to Toast Kaizen, which mm-hmm. we call Toast VSM, which is about uh, the value stream mapping process. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd often said when we made the video about Toast, we were actually looking at an already improved process. Kitchen is a pretty efficient area. You know, it was yeah. kind of developed. It was the original U-cell, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was already in pretty good shape. And I would make a quip on occasion that if our kitchens were organized the way our factories were, the toaster would be in the attic and the refrigerator would be in the basement. <laughs> so we took that kind of surreal theme and we went back to toast uh, passing you know, batches of work in process back and forth from floor to floor uh, to, to demonstrate how important material and information flow is, mm. to, uh, you know, understanding material and information flow is. And that video uh, we released um, in 2008, I think. Mm-hmm. And this year it is being recognized by the Shingo Prize as well. So it's a great honor. And, uh, of course, it's great for business too. So I'm grateful sure. for that. Um, 
So um, nice. hopefully we'll see some folks from uh, your part of the world uh, with us there at the conference. Yeah, I surely hope so. Yeah. And and it is, it for me, I haven't seen any of the videos, but just the YouTube clips I've seen and just reading about the concept, I think it's a brilliant idea. So well done on that, Bruce. I think it's really well deserved. Great. Um, Thanks. Sure. Um, Bruce, as we reach the, the end now, I just want to touch again on one, <clears throat> one other thing that you're involved with, which is your blog. So the, the name of the blog is The Old Lean Dude. I really, again, enjoyed uh, That's the title me. of that. That's exactly <laughs> you. <laughs> so um, first of all, why the blog and what, what, are you, what are you hoping to, what are the objectives behind the blog? Yeah, so um, there's several objectives. Part of it is just uh, that we're in the 21st century and we're communicating in different ways, just mm. as you and I are now. Absolutely. Um, that, uh, and if I need to reach an audience, I need to reach them in a way that uh, you know is you know valuable to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that's part of it. It's to get a message out, a particular message. I think we have a we have a philosophy in a way in which we approach. Uh, TPS and continuous improvement that I think has value, and I'm trying to trying to convey it through the blog. A mm. uh, big part of um, our mission involves creating community, sure. um, having just isolated cases of continuous improvement there and here and there is fine. But when you get in a community that's really embraced this uh, on every level is making improvement. Now you really got something. And so we work hard at that. And the blog is intended to just expand that community. It speaks to the community. You know, we're, we're a parochial organization in a sense, but everyone, you know, everybody's parochial, really. We all want our own communities to, to do well. Mm. And the message is pretty much the same for everyone. Oh, lastly, I'll just say I'm enjoy, just enjoying doing it. Yeah, that's good. I enjoy <laughs> writing. So yeah. what the heck? Uh, two times a week, I write pretty much whatever's on my mind. Yeah. And it seems at this point that I'm not going to run out of material because there's, you know, <laughs> plenty, plenty to talk about. So I, I hope that uh, there'll be some take up and people are enjoying it. But uh, but it's been fun. Excellent. And that's the whole idea of a blog, really. It's another, as you said, it's another avenue to reach out to to new yeah. audiences. So that's that's really brilliant. Okay, Bruce, um, just one more question, if I may. And I, I kind of ask this question to every person I get the chance to speak to and to um, share some ideas on the Small Bees Kaizen podcast, which, as you know already, it's all about giving inspiration to um, mainly, you know, entrepreneurs and small businesses. And so my question to you, the last question to you is what words of advice from your many, many years of experience would you give to entrepreneurs who might be finding the opportunities to bring about improvements in the, in their businesses really hard and they're probably in that dip at the moment. So what words of advice would you want to leave our uh, listeners with? Yeah, well, a c- couple of things, Brian. Uh, first, of all, first of all, you should use your community. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go to Toyota. If you can find a company that's just a year ahead of you and share with your peers, uh, and trying to understand uh, what they've been through, that can be very valuable. Mm-hmm. Process is not easy. It's, uh, and for, depending upon the circumstance of your organization, particularly the kind of social organization, if you are in a very autocratic type organization, mm-hmm. it's a little tough to get the, get the flywheel started. Uh, but sharing with organizations right in your own backyard, you don't need to be taking you know, missions to Japan in order to do this. You can just do it with companies 
that are local. And, you know, thanks to uh, things like Google, mm -hmm. you can find these companies more readily. Sure. Uh, second thing I'll mention, and I, I want to be careful how I say this, is that process is difficult and it's not for everybody. Yeah. Um, we have a sl slogan in our organization that it's 90%, this uh, continuous improvement is 90% people and 10% methods. Now, the 10% is very important, but if you are really, if you are, find yourself being frustrated by that difficulty and changing mindsets and getting people engaged, you may want to find another line of work. Absolutely. The people that I know who really relish this are people who love that challenge. Mm. So, you know, those are probably the two things that I would suggest. Fantastic. I think on that note, Bruce, it's very evident that everything you do and it, it comes out really strongly for me, it's about really realizing the power that you have within people that you work with within organizations. So everybody, every day, I think that's a great place to to end it at that end. With that, Bruce, I just want to thank you so much for the time you've afforded us. And I uh, certainly hope our listeners will get a lot of benefit from not only this conversation, but from the many links which I will include in the show notes. Uh, we talked about a lot of things in this 30-minute um, interview. With that, I just want to say thanks a lot, man. And um, we'll definitely keep following the, the blog. We'll keep following... GBMP and everything that's happening around the world and uh, good luck with that uh, uh, convention you're having in March. All right. Thank you, Brian. It's been nice talking to you. No problem.